0: Welcome to Voices from the Frontline from the Christian Medical Fellowship where we hear from healthcare professionals on the frontline of the COVID-19 pandemic and I'm delighted today to be joined by the prison doctor by Dr Rachel Pickering. Welcome Rachel. Thank you John. Rachel I'm aware that you work as a prison doctor but um, along with that you've got a number of different hats that you wear not only in the UK involving prison medicine. Could you just explain what you do?
1: Sure. So first and foremost, I'm a British GP and I got by accident seemingly into working as a GP in prisons and I liked it so much I've stayed in prisons and stopped working in the community. And then as an extension of that work, uh, my husband, Mark Pickering, and I felt that God was calling us to start doing work in overseas prisons and so I am also medical director now of an NGO that does overseas prison medicine.
0: Fantastic. And I'm sure you won't mind mentioning that Integritas. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do and how people have been involved in that work from the UK?
1: I'd love to. Integritas Healthcare is a faith-inspired NGO with a heart for detainees. And that means that we do healthcare expertise, advocacy, research and training, heart, for and about detainees. And that sees me spending about one fifth of my working life in the Philippines, where we have two bases, as well as um, working in other places around the world and back in the UK.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Rachel. It'd be great for us to have a bit of an insight into what you're seeing within prisons. Obviously, uh, outside of prison, we're observing social distancing and um, How does that work in prisons? How are you observing the impact of COVID-19 both on on prisoners but also the staff and healthcare professionals you're working with there?
1: That would be um, a pleasure to explain because I think a lot of people do not really understand what happens in a prison at the best of times. It's a bit of a closed culture, a different world. So when the COVID-19 lockdown in the UK uh, started in mid-March, I was actually in the Philippines. I was meant to be there for another four weeks. And I got repatriated back to the UK, which was a bit of a shock because my diary just said Philippines for March and April. Right. I've gone right back in at the deep end, working in four London prisons, doing more shifts than I would normally. Normally, I support myself as an overseas missionary doctor by doing commercial NHS work whenever I can. So because we've got a lot of doctors off sick and a lot more demand for uh, trying to manage medicine in the prison rather than sending prisoners out to hospital for specialist things. There's actually more of a demand on prison GPs at the moment than there is even normally. So I'm working a lot of shifts at the moment. I'm particularly covering for another doctor who lives with a an elderly rel- relative who needs shielding. So that's caused a lot of juggling of our timetables and our staffing rosters. Uh, day-to-day prison GP life is pretty varied, but it follows a set mixture of work so we do gp clinics just like a community gp would although at the moment we're actually doing an in-cell service so we're going into prisoner cells rather than them coming into our gp rooms in the prison because we think it's going to be um, better from the point of view of uh, reducing the amount of traffic of human bodies around the prison right so we've had to develop some mobile prison bags which has been interesting one of them's got ppe in it the other one's got the medical kit in it Then another part of a prison doctor's life is making sure that prisoners' human rights are respected. And, uh, for example, prisoners who are held in what's called segregation, or SEG for short, which is a kind of solitary confinement. Uh, If they're in there for punishment reasons or for safety reasons, their own safety sometimes, we have to go around every 72 hours and make sure that they are being well cared for medically, that they don't have any urgent medical needs. And that's called doing the doctor's SEG round. So that's an interesting piece of work, with lots of mental health overlay that we have to do. Right. Then there's a lot of clinical admin, as always, and um, interpretation of blood tests. Prison doctors tend to get more involved in actually doing basic investigations than maybe um, community doctors, because, for instance, a lot of our patients are IV drug addicts or have been, and so they're very difficult to bleed. So we often get involved in helping the nurses with the difficult bleeders. Um, And doing basic investigations that perhaps if you were a community GP, you would just send out for uh, the hospital to do. So that's quite interesting work. Uh, It's really, really varied. There's an awful lot of mental health work at the best of times. We do have in-reach psychiatry, but you have to have a very, very high threshold for uh, sending somebody to the prison psychiatrist because there is such a massive mental health burden within primary care for prisoners. And so you develop quite a lot of expertise in mental health. And at the moment with the coronavirus situation, prisoners are under more stress because they haven't got visits. There are no visits allowed. And they are also banged up uh, for a lot more time than normal. So they have limited association time. They are being allowed out in the exercise yards, but not as much as normal. And the prisoners' main solace for burning off energy and um, tension which is the gym, is completely close to them. So there's an awful lot more uh, what we call people um, letting off steam, banging off. There's an awful lot more of that going on. So that's expressing itself in in self-harm, in mental health crises, uh, a lot more than you would see in prisons usually. Mm. Uh, so okay. it's, it's a very difficult time for the prisoners, and therefore, by extension, it's very difficult for the staff as well. Mm. We're seeing a lot of... Um, Understandable stress amongst healthcare professionals and the prison officers as well, who are really doing an an amazing job under the circumstances, trying to keep everyone calm and and happy.
0: So, it's it's
1: a very, very interesting place to be working at this time.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Thank you for that insight. And thinking about further afield about the Philippines, what has you noticed has been the impact on? The work in prisons there, Uh, again, at the best of times, very difficult conditions, which is why you're working there. What's been the impact of COVID-19
1: over there? Well, it's completely put the uh, skids on us doing our normal humanitarian. uh, The the word they use in the Philippines is medical missions. It it means sort of a a free service that reaches into a place. So we uh, do regular medical missions in a series of Philippine jails. We have mobile prison kits, sort of uh, prison clinic in four suitcases, so to speak. Uh, We had a whole big team who were scheduled to be coming to do clinical research and uh, clinical medicine there. That all got completely stopped. However, what we have managed to do is arrange with the authorities who run some of the jails there to still allow our local staff to go in and to help with general humanitarian. Uh, things, for instance, provision of uh, supplies, medicines, food, not actually inputting doctors and running the medical missions, but still helping people to survive um, those who have particularly urgent needs. We have a wonderful uh, nurse specialist, uh, uh, Nurse Val, uh, Sister Val, who's an expert in wound care. And she and our Philippines operations manager, Mam Loy, have still been going in, the only uh, outside agency still allowed in to one of the bigger jails in the Philippines and they've been doing urgent wound care because these people get horrific wounds as a Mm -hmm. consequence of the overcrowding and the infections that they pick up. So it's been a joy and a privilege to see still them sending me photographs of the clinic and they're all doled up in big amounts of PPE. Usually actually we use PPE quite a lot in the Philippines anyway because of the risk of TB. So uh, it's not that difficult to get used to wearing a bit more because we're used to wearing respirator masks. So Mm. perhaps that's been a good preparation. But what has been a particular joy uh, for us as an NGO is the fact that this coronavirus crisis has allowed us to get into police stations. Um, In many Asian countries, if you are arrested and then imprisoned, you will not starve quickly because the state does give you a portion of rice and a portion of something containing protein every day. But it's not enough um, to keep you a nice healthy weight long term unless you've got relatives on money to bring you in money or actual food. So the people in the prisons are not too bad with the lockdown that is all over Asia now. But the people in the police stations are getting more and more and more of them and more and more crowded because the courts are not working but people are still being arrested but because of the lockdown their relatives are not allowed to bring food to their loved one when they hear that being arrested and so there is no provision for these people uh, for food so what we found is that it's been a way into these uh, police stations to say please would you let our NGO we normally work in prisons come and serve in the police stations so we've been bringing in uh, packets of food um, and drink ice because it's tremendously crowded and hot and medicines to these police detainees. And we see that as a foot in the door that hopefully we can keep in the door after the coronavirus crisis and we can start actually working in there uh, longer term. So we're, we are thrilled uh, fantastic. in
0: that. No, Fantastic. If people want to find out more about what you're doing, how, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Uh, We are on the internet www.integritashealthcare.com and we also have presence on social media on Facebook and um, other places so I can give you some links to that and at the moment we are asking people if they'd like to help us with funding for buying um, food and provisions for police detainees. It'd be thrilling if anyone wants to help us. We also do take a lot of CMF members on electives and also as graduates to work as volunteers. If anybody would like to do that once everything's died down with the coronavirus, then uh, we'd love to hear from you.
0: Rachel, thank you. And just before we, before we go, um, clearly you're, you're a Christian and, and you're, you're the impetus for your involvement in these areas is, is clearly impacted by your faith. Can you give us a, a feel of how we can be praying for you, for your work? with Integritas and and for for prisoners and healthcare staff in prisons at this time.
1: Thank you. I'd love to. Working in prisons is a big spiritual challenge. There is so much darkness that surrounds the, the tales of woe that people bring in. And as I often say to prisoners when they're weeping, often after being imprisoned for the first time, I say, look, There's nothing to be ashamed about. We are all products of our upbringing. We are all humans. We've all fallen from grace. And if I'd had the challenges you've had in life, then I'd probably be in the next cell to you. But it does give us a tremendous chaplaincy opportunity. Um, Doctors and nurses, increasingly the the NHS, are in a position to bring holistic healthcare, to bring spiritual dimensions to our consultations. And that is a tremendous opportunity opportunity within prisons. So please pray that the significant amount of Christians actually who work as doctors and nurses and therapists behind bars, please pray that we have increasing boldness to bring that holistic element into the forefront of our consultations, that we're not inhibited or frightened by the fact that often there's an officer there um, and that we're doing it in less than ideal conditions. This is our moment, I think, to rise up and say you know I'm proud to be a Christian I'm not ashamed of being a Christian and I'm going to be visibly different um, as a healthcare professional and I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel it can be a bit intimidating at times but we need to be bold at this moment so please pray for that and also please pray for uh, the most vulnerable patients that we're dealing with because we are seeing a rise in self-harm and suicide attempts And it's tremendously distressing, both for the patients and the other cell, the prisoners, and uh, also for the staff. So please pray for that.
0: Great. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you, John. Well, it's great to hear from Rachel. And a reminder that at CMF, we are here and thinking about issues of health and justice, as Rachel alluded to. Many of our members, many Christians are involved in prisons and work in other Um, challenging settings and uh, we're doing more work on the issue of health and justice so look out for that on our website and our social media feeds in the months coming up Um, this has been another voice from the frontline we've got 40 voices from the frontline from the COVID-19 pandemic why don't you check those out on our podcast the first incision where you can subscribe leave us a rating and share with those who you think may benefit from that we are the Christian Medical Fellowship we're here to unite and equip Christian doctors and nurses to live and speak for Jesus Christ I'll see you next time bye for now